Hey there, Tom. Hope you're getting ready for a great Sunday. Absolutely, Jonathan. No matter where our listeners are, there's always something happening in the world to catch up on. And speaking of catching up, let's dive into today's top stories. First up, we're taking a closer look at Founders Fund, known for its hands-off approach with entrepreneurs. Trey Stevens shed some light on their strategy and discussed key figures and projects like Anduril and OpenAI. Plus, the scoop on Keith Rabois's exit and the real story behind the fund's presence in Miami. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Welcome to Tom's News from PocketPod News. In tech news this week, KKR takes a $4 billion leap with VMware, while French AI startup Mistral steps into the ring against OpenAI's GPT-4 with some hefty backing from Microsoft. Also making headlines, Apple cancels its autonomous car project, Bumble announces big changes after a disappointing quarter, and Google apologizes for an AI diversity blunder. Plus, changes at Techstars and big moves in the publishing world with Inkit raising $37 million. Lastly, we're looking at potential new gatekeepers in tech. The European Commission is eyeing Elon Musk's X-Platform, TikTok owner ByteDance, and Booking.com under strict new rules that could reshape how they operate within the EU. With debates over user choice and interoperability heating up, this could mark a significant shift in how big tech is regulated on the continent. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to pocketpod.app to join the waitlist. Today we're diving into the world of venture capital with a focus on how innovation is shaping the future of defense technology. That's right. We had a fascinating conversation with Trey Stevens, a key figure at Founders Fund and an early investor in Anduril, a cutting-edge defense tech company. Trey shared insights on everything from investment philosophies to the ethical considerations of autonomous warfare. PocketPod News business correspondent Leah Haynes is here to break down this wide-ranging discussion. Leah, Trey Stevens has had quite the journey from government intelligence analyst to venture capitalist. What can you tell us about Founders Fund's unique approach to investing? Absolutely, Jonathan. Founders Fund, where Trey Stevens has been for the past 10 years, really stands out in the venture capital landscape. Their investment philosophy is quite unique. Unlike many other firms, they rarely take board seats and do not reserve money for follow-on investments. This approach allows them to avoid consensus decision-making, which is quite common in the industry. So it sounds like they favor a more independent strategy for each investor? That's right. This philosophy stems from Peter Thiel's belief that each investor should have their own unique strategy rather than following a herd mentality. It's an approach that has differentiated Founders Fund within the venture capital community. Interesting. And I understand there was a significant departure from the fund recently? Yes, Keith Rabois left Founders Fund due to differing investment philosophies and then rejoined Kosla Ventures. This departure underscores how diverse investment styles can be within venture capital firms and highlights the importance of aligning on investment approach. Moving on to startups and employee equity sales, what insights did Stevens share on this topic? Trey discussed when it's appropriate for startup employees to sell shares to investors. He believes that early sales can validate equity compensation strategies, but warned that large-scale liquidity events could potentially degrade performance if not carefully managed. And how does this tie into defense technology and Anduril? 
Well, Anduril is a prime example of innovation in defense tech. They focus on creating low-cost autonomous defense systems, which address modern conflict threats directly. This shift towards software-defined, hardware-enabled systems marks a significant evolution in defense strategies against low-cost threats. Stevens also compared Anduril's production challenges with those of traditional defense contractors, noting how startup agility could innovate production methods akin to Tesla's manufacturing processes. Can you elaborate on the ethical considerations around autonomous systems in warfare? Absolutely. There are significant ethical implications regarding autonomous systems in warfare, especially as we move towards AI-controlled combat scenarios. While these systems have the potential for more precise and responsible use of lethal force, concerns about AI-controlled warfare and accountability cannot be ignored. And what role is Andrew playing in current global conflicts like Ukraine? Andril is actively deployed in conflict zones such as Ukraine, providing modern technological support against predominantly Cold War-era technologies. They aim to ensure that future conflicts can be met with advanced technologies ready for rapid deployment. Shifting gears slightly, Stevens mentioned personal preparedness for global conflicts. Could you touch on that? Indeed, he shared his views on maintaining readiness for global conflicts through measures like survival kits and considering bunker options, reflecting broader concerns about global security threats and individual preparedness amidst uncertain geopolitical climates. Lastly, did Stevens express any political aspirations? While he's open to the idea of running for public office someday, personal reasons are currently holding him back from pursuing political ambitions at this time, a reminder of how personal considerations can significantly influence decisions regarding public service involvement despite professional qualifications or interest. That was PocketPod News business correspondent Leah Haynes, breaking down Trey Stevens' journey and insights from government intelligence analyst to venture capitalist at Founders Fund and beyond. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. It's been another whirlwind week in the tech industry, with big moves and even bigger announcements shaking up the landscape. From KKR's massive acquisition of VMware's end-user computing business to Mistral challenging OpenAI with its latest AI model, not to mention Apple putting the brakes on its autonomous car project, there's a lot to unpack. And we can't overlook Bumble's layoffs following their Q4 results or Google's recent apology over an AI misstep. Plus, there were some notable funding rounds and strategic shifts across various companies. That's right. To dive deeper into these stories and what they mean for the future of technology, we'll be joined by PocketPod news technology analyst Katrina Shelton. She'll help us navigate through these developments and offer her insights on what's next. Absolutely, Steve. Um, Starting off with KKR's acquisition of VMware's end-user computing business from Broadcom for a whopping $4 billion, it's a clear indicator of the value placed on technologies enabling remote work. VMware Workspace ONE and VMware Horizon are now under KKR's umbrella, and this move is quite significant. It not only shows confidence in the remote desktop application market, but also positions KKR strategically as remote work becomes more of a standard practice than an exception. That's interesting. And with Mistral launching its AI model to compete with OpenAI's GPT-4, it seems like competition in the AI space is heating up. Could you tell us more about that? 
Certainly, Mistral's introduction of a new AI model alongside their LeShot chatbot and a partnership with Microsoft is making waves. With Microsoft's minority investment of $16 million in Mistral, we're seeing the tech giant doubling down on its bet in artificial intelligence. Uh, this rivalry is not just about technological advancement, but also about securing um, strategic partnerships that can scale these innovations rapidly. Speaking of scaling down, though, Apple canceling its autonomous electric car project caught many by surprise. What do you make of this decision? It did catch people off guard, Steve. Apple scrapping its autonomous electric car project suggests a recalibration of its innovation efforts. This isn't the first time we've seen Apple pull back from ambitious projects. Remember AirPower in the Apple TV set? Such decisions signal Apple's cautious approach towards ventures that may not align perfectly with its core strengths or market readiness. Shifting gears to Bumble's recent announcement of layoffs following weak quarterly results, what does this mean for the company moving forward? Bumble reporting a net loss of $32 million and laying off approximately 350 employees, which accounts for 30% of its workforce, is indicative of broader challenges within the online dating industry. The layoffs are part of Bumble's strategic overhaul aiming to resurrect growth and financial stability. It reflects on how even popular tech platforms must continuously adapt to evolving market dynamics and consumer preferences. Now, Google had to apologize for an AI blunder recently. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, Google found itself in hot water after their image-generating model inaccurately represented diversity in historical pictures. Um, this incident underscores the complex ethical landscape companies navigate um, when deploying AI technologies at scale, balancing innovation while ensuring responsible use remains a formidable challenge. With all these developments, how do funding rounds for Inkit and Laps fit into the bigger picture? The investments into Inkit and Laps, $37 million and $30 million respectively, highlight sustained investor enthusiasm for tech startups leveraging artificial intelligence creatively. Whether it's revolutionizing self-publishing or reimagining photo sharing by emulating traditional film development processes, these funding rounds affirm confidence in innovative applications, reshaping industries. Before we wrap up, can you touch upon Techstars' operational changes amid criticism? Techstars is undergoing a period of introspection and potentially restructuring following critiques regarding its operations. CEO Mael Gave's openness to changes signals a readiness to evolve and better support startups within their accelerator program amidst changing global startup ecosystems. And finally, Toyota offering discounts on the Mirai Limited. What are this? What's driving this strategy? Toyota slashing prices on the 2023 Toyota Mirai Limited while offering free hydrogen fuel incentives represents an aggressive push towards mainstream adoption of alternative fuel vehicles. Despite existing infrastructure challenges, such moves are crucial for accelerating transition towards sustainable transportation solutions. Fascinating insights across the board today. That was PocketPod News Technology Analyst Katrina Shelton. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Always a pleasure diving into these topics with you. In the world of tech, big names like Elon Musk's ex-social media platform, TikTok's parent company ByteDance, and Booking.com are under the microscope. That's right. The European Commission is zeroing in on these giants, possibly labeling them as gatekeepers under the new Digital Markets Act. This tag could usher in sweeping changes to how they operate, all in the name of fostering competition and offering users more choices. But what does it mean to be a gatekeeper, and why are companies like ByteDance pushing back against this classification. For a deeper dive into this complex issue, we're joined by PocketPod News international politics correspondent Mallory Hessel. 
Mallory, these regulations sound like they could really shake things up. Absolutely, Jonathan. Being classified as a gatekeeper under the Digital Markets Act, or DMA, is a significant development for any tech company. The DMA sets specific criteria to identify these gatekeepers, focusing primarily on companies with a substantial user base and market cap. Specifically, companies with more than 45 million monthly active users and 75 billion euros in market capitalization are subject to this scrutiny. The intention here is quite clear to ensure that the digital market remains fair by preventing dominant platforms from leveraging their position in ways that could harm competition and limit user choices. That sounds like a rigorous evaluation process. Can you elaborate on what it means for companies once they're designated as gatekeepers? Of course. Once a company is officially designated as a gatekeeper, it has to adhere to several obligations aimed at fostering competition and enhancing user choice. For instance, these obligations include making messaging apps interoperable with those of competitors and allowing users more freedom in their software installation choices. These measures are designed to break down the barriers that large platforms might erect to stifle competition and restrict consumer options. It's worth noting that these new obligations for gatekeepers will start from March 7th. Interesting. And how does the European Commission go about deciding which companies are classified as gatekeepers? The process involves a 45 working day review period where the European Commission decides on the gatekeeper status of companies after they've notified their qualifications under the DMA. This review includes assessing any arguments the companies might present against being designated as gatekeepers. It's a comprehensive process aimed at ensuring fairness in classification. ByteDance has been notably resistant to its designation as a gatekeeper. What can you tell us about that? That's right, Jonathan. ByteDance was labeled as a gatekeeper back in July of last year, but has since contested this designation at Europe's second-highest court. This legal challenge underscores the company's concerns over what being classified as a gatekeeper entails under the DMA regulations, potentially reflecting broader worries about operational constraints and regulatory compliance costs. And what about Booking.com? How are they handling their potential classification? Booking.com seems to have anticipated falling into this category due to an increase in its user base, reflecting how companies are adjusting their expectations and strategies in anticipation of regulatory changes under the DMA. This proactive stance highlights how significant players in the tech industry are closely monitoring these developments and preparing for potential impacts on their operations. It sounds like there's quite a bit at stake here for these major tech platforms. Indeed there is, Jonathan. The European Commission's scrutiny under the Digital Markets Act signifies an important step towards ensuring fair competition and protecting consumer choices in the digital marketplace. As we watch how companies like Elon Musk's ex-social media platform, ByteDance and Booking.com navigate these potential designations, as well as the broader implications for the tech industry, it's clear that this regulatory effort could set precedents shaping future landscapes of digital markets. Thanks for breaking all of that down for us today, Mallory. You're welcome, Jonathan. Always happy to discuss these complex issues with our listeners. And that's Tom's News for Sunday, March 3rd, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Tom. We hope you have a good day, and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.